0: Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is the Midnight McBride Show, show number sixty-five, and this show's called The Great Escape. And the reason for that, I have author, and poet, and guest speaker, public speaker, and amazing human being on the show, Miss Jenny Berry.
1: Hi. That was a really good intro. Good,
0: <laughs> good. I was thinking on my feet. I realised when we were going to say what you are. <clears throat> yeah. There's so much more that we didn't put in. You know, you're lots of things. I'm a blagger. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I do do a lot of different things with my work, yeah, I suppose.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I said when you came to the studio, and I hope you're not offended, but I thought it was hilarious, is you look like a Power Ranger. That's your, fine with, with me. With your jacket, because they all wear like these bright <laughs> coloured suits with shoulder pads, I used to love they? the
1: Power Ranger. I'll take it as a compliment that I'm powerful.
0: Yes. Yeah, with your hair as well. The way you...
1: Go, go, Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah. No worries, I'll be a Power Ranger.
0: So I'll tell the folks at home how we met. So you were a fellow presenter on Salford City Radio for a while.
1: I was, and I loved it.
0: Yes. And then you've gone on to do lots of things. You've done amazing things prior to that. And then since then, lots of new projects, which you're going to tell us about. And you're now an author.
1: I am. Believe it or not. Yeah. I'd
0: be shouting this from the rooftops.
1: I know. Well, I have been doing on Zoom. It's not quite the same. But no, I am really proud and buzzing.
0: Well, you should be. It's I can't an achievement. It really. Thank it's you. a big achievement. Yeah. yeah, I remember talking to you about it before you'd done it. Yeah, and I th- by the details, the book yeah. in your mind, I think was already formed. You knew what you were going to do. Yeah. you'd already written. You know, you're prolific in poetry. Mm-hmm. That's what you're known for, and it was just a matter of time.
1: Yeah, I think it's self-belief and confidence into it as well to just do it. So exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And. You've been doing lots of stuff on Zoom lately. You did have some big plans this year, which some's happening, some's not happening. We'll talk about that as well. Yeah. So we'll go through all of it. We'll cover your life journey, Jenny, but you've been on the show before.
1: I have, and you... I'm very grateful to
0: come back. Hey, no, awesome. Glad to have you back. And so we've covered some of your life journey before. Yeah. We'll, we'll have a recap. We'll go through how you at in this present moment. And then we've got quite a lot to talk about, about now.
1: Yeah, well. the present. That's the best place to be, in it?
0: Always. Well, it's the only place you can ever be. I know. You can't be in the past. You can't be in the future.
1: Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. So,
0: it's all about now. We'll start, Jenny, with growing up. Okay. And looking at this perfect human being in front of me now, <laughs> a, a very beautiful young lady, but <laughs> you wouldn't realise that you'd actually struggled with body dysmorphia yeah. and had issues when you were younger. So, maybe tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, I'd say it's something that you learn to manage If from being really honest to have the days and mm-hmm. times like that. So um, body image, body dysmorphia is known as imagined ugliness because say if you have a spot on your face, you'll see it 50 times much worse than anyone else. That's a very little example of it. It was triggered from when I was about 12, I think, and I had keloid scarring on my ears from getting them pierced. And a keloid scar, if anyone doesn't know, um, it's an annoying little thing. It's a scar that keeps growing and growing and growing. So the opposite that happened to my legs, because I'm really short, (laughs) they kept growing.
0: (laughs) Short with big ears, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. and you can't see them now because I had a fantastic surgeon, um, Dr. Davenport, I'll never forget. And I had three operations of removal. And splints on my ears and steroid injections over a number of years. So that'll
0: explain the muscles then. <laughs> <laughs> the shoulders. There's no shoulder pads in there, is there?
1: Yeah, you see. Just like a gladiator. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think looking back, that's what triggered my negative body image for quite a while and it hindered me for so many years. Even though I was a very I was quite a gobby girl at one point and it may have looked like I really loved myself, but inside it was the opposite.
0: Yeah. I think this tells you looking at you it'll tell people at home everything they need to know the simple fact that it's a condition of the mind absolutely because looking at you now anybody else would think how could you possibly have Mm. you know find anything wrong with yourself but if your mind doesn't see it that way it doesn't see it that way
1: no and I never used to speak about it and the reason I started speaking about it I, I thought well I can't do the job I do and ask people to be honest and authentic if I'm not and that led me into writing
0: Brilliant. That's why I did the show Naked. I did a show Naked with Colin Unsworth. He's a naturist and I can't <laughs> write brilliant. about, you know, being coming independent, of the good opinion of other people and not giving a shit about what other people think yes. if I go, oh, no, I can't what So what Yeah. I didn't look great. It doesn't matter. We're, we're all just... Is
1: that uh, on YouTube? Yes. I've, I'm going to look at <laughs> it. <Yeah.
0: laughs> <laughs> we filmed it completely naked. You
1: did tell me, oh, God, I want be doing that. Yeah, that's yeah. so brave and yeah. amazing and well, funny. It,
0: it was because I wasn't in great shape at the time or anything, but... Wow. It just doesn't matter.
1: Well, that what a matter. strength of your mind, like a challenge, I don't know if it was for That's you. That's what I'm
0: going to say when I get arrested. They say, <laughs> what are you playing at? And I go, it's because I'm demonstrating the strength of my mind. naked." Of my mind. yeah.
1: That's amazing. That's, that is, yeah, don't know if I could do that. Maybe it's a challenge to work up to.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we just stripped off and got on with it and <laughs> we couldn't stop laughing. It was brilliant. <laughs> and I remember my partner, Willow, saying to me, yeah. you're not going to do that show naked, are you? And I went, no, no, no and I had a whistle around my neck, so that was my excuse.
1: That is brilliant. Did she laugh afterwards? Yeah,
0: yeah, we had a good laugh about it, yeah. You also were very shy, Jenny. You suffered with shyness and Mm. self-belief. Again, seeing the lady you are now, and this is what this show's all about, it's transformation. It's seeing somebody's journey. You see somebody that's doing something amazing, but when you find out the story, quite often a lot of these people have had trauma, not been great, you know, they've had difficult times, Turn that around yeah. and use that to fuel to drive forward. That's that's what this is all about, you know. And you've done that.
1: Yeah, and I never thought I would. I was. I remember I used to wag school when it was drama because I thought I am not speaking in front of the class. And I went to quite a, a rough school at the time, and I just thought no, because I went to this lovely little primary school in I say well, a fairly nice area. It were not private, and then. I'm not posh by any means, obviously. If you're watching, you'll know I'm not. <laughs> and then I went. They'll to know the... when you
0: read your poetry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, hey. I'm from
1: Salford, but yeah. you know, a fairly nice part of it. And then I went to a school at the road, and I was just not ready for these kids so different. Not that they... I was just—I was wrapped up in cotton wool. That's what it was. It's the only girl with a load of lads, and it just went wrong for me. High school, it really did. I hated it.
0: Yeah, I—I I didn't really enjoy school at all. You know, it wasn't for me. I'd been to lots of different schools, but I, at an early age, even at school, when I was about 15, I wasn't great mentally.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. You know, I remember looking in the mirror and having real issues, confidence issues, Mm. and not liking myself. And believe me, there's enough people in the world that will not like you. You don't need to not like yourself.
1: No, exactly. And I mean, at that age as well, It doesn't matter what, kids are horrible to each other. It's a farmer growing up, it's communication and they're going to say something about your parents or whatever, they're going to say it to everyone. And I just took it way to the heart, you know. But I had to go through that to kind of come around in a full circle, as you've said.
0: If you hadn't have been through those situations and experiences and learned those lessons, Mm. you wouldn't be this shining star you are. (laughs) Thank you. That's true. How old were you when you started writing poetry, Jen?
1: I can't remember, I was that young. I loved words from as as long as I could, language acquisition came into my life. My mum and dad said, um, when I was like learning language, like my little boy now, I would rhyme things off the cuff. Like just just make up sentences and cheeky ones though. Um, And I'd apparently make words babyish on purpose for attention. (laughs) So as young as I can remember, I've always written and loved poetry and words.
0: I can imagine you singing I'm Still Jenny from the Block.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. In my, I had that on in my room with um, with my tape.
0: Yeah, yeah. A yeah, tape yeah, then. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. I, I loved it behind closed doors at that point. But yeah. written, I used to get all my feelings out, you see, in long diaries, monologues, and, and swear my head off on paper.
0: It's brilliant because you discovered this form of expression at an early age. I didn't discover it till I was in my mid-40s, you know, and it's brilliant. I mean, yeah. If you ain't feeling good inside, you got to get it out.
1: Totally, yeah. You have in whatever way is best for you being channeled, really, I mind swearing.
0: Well, <laughs> it's funny. I for two or three years, I really didn't swear much. I had a period where I didn't swear at all, and and now I've become okay with it. I don't swear all the time. I don't swear a lot, but it's not necessarily the word that's used. It's the motivation and intention mm. and the energy behind it. And swearing can be hilarious. Yeah, it's not a negative thing. If it's used with negative intent, you don't need to swear and you can still be abusive to somebody. So yeah. the swearing, I've become okay with a little bit of swearing. You
1: know? Yeah, it's funny, you know, um, because I've run taboo workshops with it and swearing and people take language differently. So depending on where we've been brought up, what dialogue we know from our friends, you could be offended by something and I couldn't. So it's a really interesting topic.
0: I, I think it's hilarious, the divide between the UK and the US, because obviously they they say, oh, I packed him on the fanny or a fanny pack. And I, for years, thought, how can they get away with that? And then, obviously, for them, the fanny's the bottom, and Mm. for us, it's the front bottom.
1: Yeah, exactly. In Australia, when I went travelling, a thong is flip-flops. And this guy said to me, and I was like, early 20s, make sure you're wearing your thong when you go on the motorbike. And I have said to me, mate, he's a right perv. Shouldn't it be your (laughs) flip-flops, you muppet.
0: (laughs) There's another one in Australia... I used to say, oh, I'm going to have a good root. That was a term I, I used. Mean, yeah. Yeah. Over there, roots are, I don't know, a shag, isn't it? It's a shag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And i oh, making love, whatever term you use, but I used to regularly say I'd be in company and I'd say, yeah, well, I'm just going for a good root. And they'd look at me like, <laughs> on your own, <laughs> you know. Yeah,
1: it's funny. It is, um, yeah, language and words are
0: great. Yeah. Tell us a bit about these workshops you've done. We're, we're going to get to it later mm-hmm. anyway, but it, while we're talking about it, it's... yeah. You've done workshops with with swearing and bad language, haven't you?
1: Yes, I have. Um, I've done, I do, it, this has come from a prison work, which we'll probably cover in a little while. So swearing is, as I said, really taboo to some people, but it is scientifically proven that it will help with pain. I think it's 5% more adrenaline. Um, yeah, you gain when you swear when you're in pain. And... Um, I've turned that round and to teach people to use it on paper to get their anger out and the feelings rather than physically beating each other up.
0: So you're not in a room and everybody's going,
1: Fuck you. <laughs>
0: going, well, know, they're writing it down. <laughs> there is
1: an element of that if the group's comfortable with it, it's funny on Zoom when we're doing that, because you can go into breakout rooms and know. you put people so you don't see what's going on. It's all random. You can just safer. hear this in the background
0: you're going, You son of a bitch and all that
1: Yeah, literally. But it's done like the the history of swear words is very interesting. A mm. language evolves and um So, shall I do a really bad taboo right now?
0: Go on, do it. The C
1: word, which people don't like saying, has great history to it. And um, if I get it right, the first record of it was a street name called Cunty Gropie, if I've I've said that. Shakespeare uses it. That was a red light district then. So that word in record of history has always been related to the female genital Genital part and having sex with it. That's really interesting to me.
0: Yeah. They've done a series of programmes, I think, it's on Netflix, I've not seen them. Where a lot of famous actors or famous people, a different person's done each show, and it's all about language and swear words, particularly, yeah. isn't it? I think Nicolas Cage has done one, has he?
1: Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. It's at do watch it. What's if, it called? It's some it is the taboo of language art. Something as si- yeah. simple as that. I can't remember the exact title, but and um, they go into
0: the history of the swear words, don't they? Is yes, it? Yeah, yeah. I bet it's brilliant.
1: It's great. So it fascinates people, and it's great. I mean, I've had Apart from my prison work I've had, I'm working with Triple C Theatre at the moment for disabled um, all artists and all kinds of people commission me and it's a popular one.
0: Yeah, well I can imagine, <laughs> and it, it can be hilarious as well. I mean, you've got to see the humour in everything. That's what exactly. keeps us sane is laughing yeah. at stuff. If you take life too serious, if you take mm-hmm. it dead serious, yeah. it'll kill you. Totally. You know, so I regularly laugh at things that might seem inappropriate and it's not done with any bad intention. I just think if something's funny, it's funny. I had a lady on... The last show, actually, Annabelle Howe, a trans lady, and we had a right scream. And I said before the show, I said, you know, how do you want to approach this? Because it's quite a serious topic. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, she said, let's have a good laugh when we do it. And I was so relieved because I wanted to laugh a lot. You know, there's some (laughs) things. There was one instance, which I think is hilarious. This didn't happen, but in my mind, it did. For a while, Annabelle was secretive about what she was doing and hid her clothes under the car seat next to her. Right. right. And I imagine the police pulling up and they think she's like just bumped somebody off and buried the body. And then she's like, no, no, it's okay, the mind. And they'll go, yeah, whatever. And then Annabelle said, yeah, well, the police might want to borrow my high heels. And, think, Brilliant. and we, we just got into it. You well, know. that's
1: a great taboo breaker. I mm. use humour and, and comedy in a lot of the things I do because people are so scared of speaking these days. It's ridiculous. You, you've yeah. got to talk about things if you want to change them.
0: I think the quote is something along the lines of, you can't change anything if we don't talk about everything. If, if you don't have mm. all the information, how can you make an informed decision? Exactly. We've got to start just talking about stuff. And that's a hope in a way on this show, because I've talked about my past and some of the things that lots of people have done things they don't want to talk about. They just want to forget about it. And I think it's really healthy to talk about it.
1: Talk, yeah, all it is, it, is, it is. Everyone knows that and they're still too scared to talk. So speak up, kids.
0: Yes. <laughs> Once you're writing poetry, then I'm assuming... Obviously, it's a passion of yours. You're still doing it all yeah. the time. It's what you're known for. So this must have been a great vehicle for you because not only are you expressing yourself and, you know, getting this out, but people start deriving pleasure from what you're doing as well. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, my book
1: is my experiences as a poet in prisons and I've tried to give a voice at, like, all those people in there. So staff, prisoners, families on the out, and I say it how it is, in that. But my poetry in general, um, it's gone into other genres, so I've been scriptwriting as well, which I, I absolutely I'm very new at it, but yeah. I love it and yeah. there's potential there, which is great. And I'm just enjoying all the avenues which poetry is unleashed in a way.
0: We talked about the fact that you'd had some bespoke commissions mm. over the years. Tell us a bit about that.
1: That's how I started off when I was really young. People um, saw my writing and they go, oh, Jen, will you... I've got a wedding. Will you write this or so would For nothing. And like just a kid like buzzing off the fact that someone wanted my words. Yeah. And then my dad went, uh, Jenny, you can charge for that. You, it's work. And I was like, oh, you can make money from words. That's good, isn't it? Then yeah. I just, I've done on a more formal like funeral eulogies and and I've really but I've done comedy for people because they want to celebrate a life and people again don't know what to say in those situations so I've done all kinds with it
0: the spoken word I'll even rewind a bit sound I'll go back a little bit further Nikola Tesla said if you want to understand the universe think in terms of energy frequency and vibration sound is so powerful put music on it can make you feel good put other music on it can bring back bad memories, bring you down. Somebody can speak to somebody, they can lift the spirit just with words. Somebody else can speak to them and they can make you feel like shit. 100%. So powerful. And speaking something externally, that's how, if you have a feeling or something inside, you express yourself, you feel better, but also that's how you manifest. You bring things into creation, fruition, by having thoughts, sharing them with somebody else, and then from that, something will manifest. So words are so powerful and people forget this and they repeat these... they do some negative patterns and things that they don't realize because they, they, it's sort of subconscious and that's how they're programmed. And if you pause, step back and look at things that you say, sayings, even a lot of people say, oh, that's great, but I'll never succeed in it. And exactly. constantly putting themselves down in yeah. things.
1: Yeah, in a dialogue. Yeah. It's everything. I call it your inner poem.
0: Mm. <laughs> and I think human beings, we need to pause for a minute and... Become conscious of what we say, how it affects other people, how it affects ourselves. And some people go through life. And if all you're doing is pumping out negative memes and putting Mm -hmm. yourself down and other people down without realising you're doing it, you're not going to get very far, are you?
1: No, not at all. I used to have so much limited beliefs and only looking back that the way I spoke to myself was like, you can't do that though. As if, as if you're going to have a book out, you know, Mm. you couldn't do that and we'll have and it's just been flipping that around
0: once you get outside your comfort zone, yeah. you set yourself a goal, there'll be fear and trep- trepidation, a bit of worry and everything. Once you get the first one, you think, actually, all that negative thought and everything, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. And I've done that and I feel good about it. Yeah, right. exactly. And what can I do now? That is and what you- I'm on. And you're off then, aren't I'm you?
1: I'm on that Ooh. path now. I have targets on my whiteboard and I aim for them and I love it. I get excited.
0: Human beings then... You get outside your comfort zone, yeah. then your comfort zone shrinks and then eventually you've no comfort zone and you start to believe you can do anything. And you can. Yeah, you can. You can actually do that. If the like 15 year old
1: self would see me now, they just wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't believe that the stuff I'm doing.
0: Would you have a bottle of cider and a fag like that going, <sighs> I didn't have no a fag, chance. but I had a bottle no of cider. Ch- <laughs>
1: <laughs> and my <me> tangy toms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A pound litre of cider. I do admit it.
0: Tell us about the, the prize you won. The 10K. How did that happen?
1: The 10K. Well, I robbed a bank. Yes. (laughs) I won in, I think it was 2015 now. But I I, I give thanks in my book to that because that, again, lifted my confidence. I um, was doing an English degree, the University of Manchester, and I was volunteering in um, a prison in Salford, completely not related at all. My degree was quite technical and educational, and my poetry was me. Wacky Jen. Yeah. And um, I told a a lecturer about it, and he said, Jenny, That's such a great social impact thing you're doing. There's a competition run every year in Manchester Business School. As soon as he said business school, I thought... Put you off. Sack that. Can't even add up. What are you doing? Anyway, I I did. I went to speak to a professor about it. It was lovely. Dr. Martin Henry. I have to say his name. And he, he said, look, what you're doing is fantastic. Enter the competition. Have a go. And I won it. I won 10 grand.
0: That's incredible. I know. And then you went to Vegas. (laughs) And and then I went to Vegas and spent it all and lost it all. No, I didn't.
1: I didn't. I uh, used it to put back into my poetry sessions and since then, for four years after, I ran a CIC called Your Own Words, which is a social enterprise. Got someone really clever in to manage the money side of it and I went and delivered across different prisons and I've I've absolutely loved it. I love going in prisons.
0: That's amazing. This point now will touch on prisons because it'll be relevant to your book as well. Mm. So... You then, you started going into prisons. Tell us, tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so I'd always had an idea. I know people ask, why prison, why you? And looking back as a writer, one, I don't like being told what to do. So the more people that told me, don't be ridiculous, you can't go into prison, I thought, I fucking can. Mm. And um, I think I felt so imprisoned in my mind at times with my body image. I took it lit- like a metaphor, and I thought, well, if people are actually banged up physically, and emotionally, what are they going through? And if I've kind of helped myself through using poetry, they can, because I'm absolutely no one special, you know what I mean? I've not got an Oxford degree. And that's where it initially came from. Volunteered in one, and then got funding in, and it carried on, and it's real.
0: It's funny, even in the last four or five sentences, Yeah. the negative speak that you refer to, that, that you used to think of, yeah. you used to say, well, I can't do that, I know and I'm nobody special. And yeah. these little things were... You are somebody very special and you can do anything.
1: <laughs> well, anyone can, can't but they? But you know that yeah. now. Yeah, in a non-arrogant way. Never want to be arrogant. No,
0: it's not about being arrogant. It's yeah. just, there's a big difference between arrogance and confidence and self-belief and being positive. Yeah. You know, and, and you're no way arrogant, you know, you're just yeah. shining. Yeah, and because
1: I felt so shit for so long, I don't mind saying it. You know, no one would have maybe known. I weren't locked up in a room, I just in my head, you know. I know what that feels like to some point, and I want to help others not feel that way. So I will use me, my voice to do that.
0: Yeah. I say the greatest thing that a human being can do while they're in the spacesuit on this planet for a mm. brief time is to have a negative experience, learn from it, turn it around, figure out how to get through that, and then share it with another human being that's going through the same thing. Absolutely. That is why we're here.
1: It is. Uh, and all this uh, in the prisons of mainly males, you know, it's getting through... That barrier of oh, we don't cry. Still, still massively there. Uh, yeah, but they do cry. I've seen them. Um, mm. Men that, in general, <laughs> they that's... do have tear ducts and cries come yeah. <laughs> come out. But it's getting slightly better. But that's what I love about this because they've seen the expression from the hardest of criminals, the you know the longest of sentences, and they're still human beings. And I've seen stuff. Their stories come out, and
0: wow. Men, particularly far more than women. Mm. A condition to have a stiff upper lift, Don't be so soft, son. Suppress their emotions. Yeah. Don't, don't express. Man up, kid. Yeah. Not going and giving somebody a hug. Not being comfortable with the feminine mm. side as well. And that is a recipe for disaster. That's why male suicides, young male suicides, mm. are always significantly higher than any other demographic. You know, male suicide is because of the programming. You need to untangle that shit, undo it, and mm. start again.
1: Absolutely, just because you've mentioned um, suicide. I did recent one of my recent work over lockdown. I still managed to do it. Was um, There's an annual conference for Suicide Bereavement UK. It's every year. Dr Sharon MacDonald runs it, which is amazing. And I opened and closed it with two different poems. I was so lucky to get this job. And that's I kind of in one of my poems, if you, if you look at it, it's um, about that, the stiff upper lip and, and how men don't speak.
0: Yeah, I write about it in the book a lot. And Yeah. It's something we need to change. We need to do it. it I
1: think more men like you need to do it. It's all right me doing it. I'm a woman. But if more men like yourself, go look, I do
0: it. You I, do it. I tell all my male friends I love them. The yeah. ones that I love. Yeah. <laughs> you also say, I hate them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't like him that much. But
0: I think it's really healthy to tell somebody how you feel inside. And if, it, if it's good, like if I think something nice about you, I'll tell you. Yeah. And it's not for anything else. And it's not a compliment because there's a difference. It can be complimentary, but mm. it's not a compliment. It's the truth.
1: No, exactly. Well, language again. And mm. you think you can tell. I think you can feel, if you're in tune with your energies, who's being authentic, who's been fake. And I think it comes out, doesn't it? Y- yeah. y- you just know. So, yeah.
0: When you were working in the prisons, Jenny, did you have any bad experiences? Was it all good? Was it safe? Tell us a, b- a bit more about that.
1: Yeah. Um, obviously, it's not Disneyland in there. And um, yeah. I did have a few bad experiences, but I have to say the staff, um, many I didn't like, but but the staff were on it. Say if it kicked off, because things happen in prisons, let's be real, you know, it kicks off all the time. And I was never in danger. They were were brilliantly trained. I'd say the only time I was um, quite scared was once, I won't say the prison or anything. Spice was rife.
0: Really rife. I've smoked spice. Have you? Mm. I took two homeless people back to my house they were both heroin addicts. I'd had a few drinks and I just, my heart was bleeding for them, you know, and so I took them back to my house. Probably wasn't God. a good idea. They stayed over the night and I smoked spice with them. I'll probably never smoke it again, wow. but I tried it. And in the morning, the guy came up to me and I had to say, look, you've got to leave. I give them all fresh clothes. I give them uh... some trainers, I'd give them some money, everything. So they were, so they were all right for a day or two. You yeah. Know, food. I fed them as well and they had a bath. Shower. That
1: is so lovely.
0: Well, it probably is, but probably I got away with it. It could have gone the other way. And the oh, guy yeah. said, he said, if you weren't so nice, we would have ripped you off. We would have cleaned you out. When you would smoked that spice and you were on the floor, we would have just taken everything. Wow. But they felt like because I was... Yeah. They, they couldn't do that to me. And, That's
1: amazing. Yeah. I mean, that is really quite rare, mm-hmm. really. Um, so you've, yes. I, I haven't smoked spice. <laughs> but the thing with it, it's it's odorless. And a lot of them, put they put it in paper to get it in, in the prison. So in the prison, it was hard to detect. Staff were collapsing, you see, walking past the cell. Um, And obviously, everyone reacts differently. And one particular guy came in my group, high as a kite. Uh, He must have had lots of other things as well. And he was quite hard to manage and he kicked off. Um, got sorted but that's the only time really
0: yeah.
1: I've been scared but you can't go into prison and expect you know a...
0: no there's gonna be things isn't of course there I, are yeah.
1: and it's the way you handle it and react to things like we was talking about authenticity before if you go in fake uh, uh, to, to the prisoners there'll do... no way will you get through they need to trust you and they'll tell you to fuck off if they don't trust
0: you yeah. I can imagine though if you're doing one of these classes yeah. and somebody's playing up a bit you'll just go i'll tell you you're fucking you <laughs> no is this I, part of the class miss no I'm very, I, am <laughs> I am i am
1: i can handle myself in that way which is great because all them years fact like is given me that boldness if you like but it it doesn't happen if, if they respect you that then it's a two-way in fact they come quite protective over you yeah you know
0: <laughs> tell us about script writing Jenny.
1: Script writing, yes. okay. um So I could sit here now and I'm like really blagging this big person, but I'm not. I'm very new to it, and um, I'm very grateful for I've Stephen Lord. I'll mention him. is um, a colleague and friend. Are you just going to
0: name drop all the way through the show? <laughs> no, <laughs> Stephen is from Salford and he's
1: amazing. He's um, a local actor. Yeah. He's been in lots of things and he saw me perform a poem in Eccles years ago and he come up to me and it was at the time when I had like a paper shaking to my head and he come up to me and went, you've got brilliant, like your wordplay, like your words and would you be interested in writing together? And at the time I had no confidence in myself and I didn't email him. It was like a golden opportunity yeah. that I lost myself. Anyway, um, we came across each other again a kid's party with his wife and my, you know, and we got talking about what was doing, poaching prisons, we tried lots of different avenues and since then we've sat down had a few ideas and we've written a few comedy scripts together which have been, had really good feedback from certain channels and that's all I can say on that right now. Yes. But um he's a fantastic mentor and actor and I'm yeah. very lucky to have been working with him.
0: But maybe watch this space, eh?
1: Hopefully, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I won't say this to his face but I mean, Stephen's, you know, writing much more, bigger than me. I out that to his face, got a big head.
0: Well, <laughs> say like playing squash. You should always play with somebody that's a bit better than you yeah. because that's how you improve. You exactly. play with somebody that's not as good as you, you you don't get to push yourself.
1: Yeah, but we have a right laugh. When we do work, because our writers know you have so many different projects and we might not speak to each other for months and then something pops up. We have such a laugh and that is a great way to work with anyone.
0: Well, then it's not work, is it? No, it's not. It's playtime. Yeah, Yeah. playtime
1: with words, my dream.
0: You were a presenter on Salford City Radio. I was. You've done a series of podcasts on your journey. You've been a guest on the radio loads of time. (laughs) <laughs> You're now part of the posse on the Dead Good show, which is on BBC Radio Manchester. It's Dead Good. I bet it is, <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell us a bit about that, because you seem to have just gone from strength to strength with that.
1: Yeah, well, Um. so there's a, I think there's a couple of Salford presenters a part of it as well. Um. The Dead Good show is a show on every night of the evening at the BBC Radio Manchester, and they have different presenters each night, and what they do is it's a two-hour slot. They'll have two... Um, they call them the posse or chatty manks on the discussed topics. Then they'll go on to another two. So my, I'm usually on eight or nine. Yeah. And wh- whoever the presenter is, they'll be like, right, Jenny, what do you think of this? Have you seen this? It just, it's just basic things of what's happening in the news, but it's such yeah. a laugh. And I love it. And I'm grateful to the station because they're letting local people like have their opinion, but not swear. Yes. Not, you lot, can't swear Don't on swear. BBC Don't Radio. Swear on like, no. I won't. Um, no. Yeah, it's just a great station to be a part of really the producers and everyone they just they're dead nice
0: tell us about i know you were due to go on at the lower with carl i think carl royal yeah and this is last year and you also were doing something with and i hope i get this right jb barrington is that right yeah that's right okay tell <laughs> us what you were doing and if they're still happening
1: oh no i'm sick of all this right so me and carl entered a competition um lots of people entered it and I can't remember the exact name, 20-something. 20, 20, 20 and it was, commu- you know, local community, enter I- an idea, and 20 got picked, and we were one of them. And we were going to use magic and poetry to tell a story. Yeah. Um, so what we did was we used that money and set up that, a podcast, and then we had explored that. Um, but obviously that, that didn't go ahead. The JB Barrington show, um, JB is an amazing salford poet yeah who now lives in hull but he is brilliant he says it how it is he's gritty and he is um having a gig he has them all over at salford arts theater and it's been put back quite a lot and i'm one of the supporting acts i'm very lucky and grateful for that as well
0: yeah he's a bit of a superstar isn't he
1: he's dead nice yeah, yeah he's done really well he had mm. a show at salford um yeah he is massively so i contacted him you know what I'm like? You know actually don't ask, you don't get On Facebook. And I said, look, if you ever want any Salford supporting artists, I'm not new to writing, but I'm fairly new at performing. Um, and he replied, look, why open up the Salford Arts Theatre? And for that, I'm really grateful. And I have to be honest, just with my little head on his poster with his name, I've had so much more like, all right, you must be all right then. <laughs> I'm not blagging it, honest. <laughs> but no, he's a lovely guy.
0: Yeah. He can obviously see your potential, you know, and the fact that you know Even that
1: or he was pissed when he answered me about Oh all <laughs>
0: that, yeah. So Jenny, yeah. tell us about your book. Ah when... The Great Escape. Yes, The Great Escape. When did it come out? What is it? Where can people get it? Okay. And yeah, roll with it. Right, well I'll
1: be flogging him on the East Lancs tonight. In <laughs> <so. laughs> <And laughs> um, the lights. Yeah. The Great Escape is um, my experiences, as I said earlier of being a poet in prisons. The title was actually um, a name given to my workshop, an ongoing workshop in a prison of an inmate, because he said it feels like it's an escape, isn't it? Yeah, the great escape. So I've nicked the title off someone, but I admit that right at the beginning. But I wanted to use it is here. I wanted to use it, not just for me, to platform other people. So um, Mick Steph, the photographer, if you look, it, it's amazing, that picture. And in the picture is a soldier who has been through recovery. And each chapter has artwork by inmates. There's a competition run Brilliant. and I chose artwork. I'll just get one. Um, so I wanted it to kind of use it as a platform. Look at that. Talent or what? Yeah. Um, as a platform to show that collaborative art works and is powerful. And you don't have to just be a writer. You might be a photographer or an art- um, artist. And yeah, it's a chat book. So that's a small poetry book. 20 poems. And as they say on the back, hold no punches. And I say it how it is.
0: Are they? They're all your poems. In they're the... all
1: my poems. Yeah. Yes. The oh, artwork's yeah. just accompanied. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Are you going to read this one, Jenny?
1: Why not? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I will do. I changed the title of this one because there's a difference between writing for well-being and creative writing in, in the areas I go, and a lot of artists and governors need to know that it can be dangerous. If you do not know what you're doing, you're walking into a group of people with mental health. So you need to be trained, and I am trained with that. that. So I was talking about a particular population of the prison, and then I took a step back and thought, I shouldn't really be saying that. So it's now called to whoever you wish this rant. So it's anger aimed at anyone you want, okay? Okay? Like a battered empty empty petrol tank, you're going nowhere quick. A societal, oddball skank, you personify sick. Like a cheap, stolen tyre, your punctured, damaged goods, disgustingly dire, your truths as clear as mud. Like a dented, sig dashboard, Your are next to be replaced. Arrogantly self-assured, you were born a bad taste. Like a corroded, wedge-shut sunroof, you stake away the light. Taking everything and more, you marinate your words in shite. Like a clapped-out gear stick, you're jammed in one drive. You knock society sick. No-one wants you alive.
0: Wow. It's
1: a nice, sweet one to start the day off, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. But there's humour in there as well. You, besides writing those poems now, you're a very polished performer.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah, that was smooth.
1: Oh, that's really nice, thank you. Punchy
0: in the right places. I I don't think any... This is the thing with poetry. Mm. Because you wrote it, there's only really you can read it how it's supposed to be
1: with spoken word, yeah. And this is a debate massively in in poetry. So much snobbery around. So like an Oxford literary poet would think I'm a load of crap. I don't care because I like to speak to the masses and speak to real people like who I am.
0: Yeah, you know, a lot of people would read the Oxford literary genius and whatever not relate to his poems they'll relate exact- to yours
1: exactly exactly you write for your audience don't because you, you took
0: to shite in there as well <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah i did only one yes. and it can be powerful just if you overuse a swear word it gets boring
0: mm. so it loses you... its uh, power sparkle how did you go with publisher
1: okay soulful publisher i have to say shabana patel is an amazing woman it, they're a social enterprise themselves right and um, very small, but they're growing now. I was, I think I was the 10th author that they published. Now, I don't know if you use Twitter. Do you use Twitter? Not well. No, I, it works for me because of short words. And um, I had a notification because I, was, I did, didn't see it for months and someone had put, hi, Jenny, because um, I asked about publishing. I know such a publishers. And uh, I emailed them and she and she said, oh, look, we've got the deadline coming up. Send you stuff and it sounds great, poems, blah, blah. I was chosen to only chosen and I was chosen. And I found out all happened really quickly because mine was pretty much written. Yeah. Uh, we just needed, it was the, the rules from the inmates. Cause obviously I couldn't go in because of COVID. Um, yeah. And I wanted to run the classes with them really. One inmate throughout the process has come out and he came on my butt launch. Ah. He's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I'll call him CM. Yeah. Cause he's in there just cause I've not asked permission for this. He's lovely and he's very talented. So um, yeah, it happened really quickly. And there we, Hey-ho,
0: go. there we go. The
1: Great Escape, yeah.
0: If somebody wants to buy a boot, where can they get it?
1: It's on Amazon, and okay. it's all on my website and all my social media links. But Amazon's the main place.
0: What's your website?
1: Jennyberry.co.uk. www. Obviously. Yes.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> my name rhymes, and people ask me, "Is that your stage name?" I'm like, no. Unfortunately, I went through school with that name.
0: <laughs> yeah, I. We talked about you. I was talking to Liam Brown. (laughs) Yeah. And he just kept going, Jenny Berry. (laughs) Jenny Berry. You couldn't write it. What a brilliant name. He's lovely him. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm so glad he's been a guest on here because I Mm -hmm. went to his, um, cacao when, when COVID allowed. He runs him in his fab. But yeah, Yeah. funny.
0: He's he's a regular on here now. He's been on three or four times. Check Liam out on the regs. Tell us about Jenny. You've now been doing Zoom workshops (laughs) and performances. Now,
1: Oh, no. Zoom is
0: great for some people. I've voiced my opinions before. It's not for me. Yeah. There's a lady that's been on the show called Donna Webb and she's worked for the Samaritans most of her life and yeah. she's on various boards for charity. Beautiful, beautiful human being. I've
1: seen your show that you're talking about. Yeah.
0: And she uses Zoom <clears> for bereavement counselling and for support groups for people that have tried to take their own life. And so for them, it's saving lives and I get it. It's a Same. personal choice. It's just yeah. not for me. But tell us what you've been doing with it because you're doing a lot now, aren't you?
1: Do you know what lockdown for me has? It's done me well for work. Not agreeing with it all, and you know it's awful. What's but it's the truth. It has. Yeah. So at first I was like, great! I've just finally got lots of work in, which I never thought I'd get. You know, because it takes time to build up, and now it's gone. And then Zoom comes in, and I've been approached to run my workshop. So with um, people in recovery in, in in the community. Yeah. And it's worked well because I can stretch to other areas. So for me, of course, I prefer it in person, but it's working great. And and people who would normally be isolated anyway, um, they're not because they're coming on sessions.
0: And you can do it in your pyjamas.
1: Well, you can do it in your pyjama bottoms. You just look professional from the time <laughs> I've done that before. Hey, when you've got a toddler.
0: <laughs> blows on and then <clears throat> just your onesie rolled down to your ears. Yeah, <laughs> literally.
1: And people, I like hats. You'll see that. I was going to wear one today, actually but I didn't have I was time.
0: surprised you didn't.
1: I know, I know. I was in a rush, believe it or not. And they go, Jenny, you're a hat girl. And I said yesterday in a session, um, no, it's lockdown. I have a toddler. I've just not washed my hair. Probably got Weetabix in it. So don't be fooled.
0: <laughs> and you have been doing performances on Zoom as well. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I've been doing lots of... Um, many open mics have still been running. Um, I've been doing them. But I have had commissioned work as well quite a lot. I'm doing some... Um, inspirational speaking slash poetry um, for some a group of universities coming up and that will be on Zoom. The main one that I've done is, I mentioned earlier, Suicide Bereavement UK, but what, we actually went to a studio. So the stage was set up as it would be for the seminar, yeah. but then they filmed it and it went out. So it was not like a Zoom. It, it was like they were watching.
0: But it was an online thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
1: like, so yeah, I have. Like uh, a
0: webinar kind of thing.
1: Yeah, but live. Hmm. Um, that was good. Scary. There's most people I think there was about eight hundred people tuning in worldwide. Right. I know. So I just it was nerve wracking, but I don't know if be more nervous with them in front of me. I don't know actually about yeah. that one.
0: I'm gonna say if they're actually sat physically in the room watching you, you'd mm. be very aware of them. When it's just cameras. It's different for everybody really, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And as I started doing my second poem actually, it poured down with rain and we were in like um it was in Trafford Park, you know, all the there's loads of buildings on that, like
0: yeah, big old retail buildings, yeah. uh, warehouses, things and like it this.
1: It was hammering down, and I thought, great, I could, but no one could hear it. Thank God, just, no. it worked out all right. So. It might
0: have been good anyway. It might have been like this yeah. gentle sound effect in the back <laughs> of your point.
1: Well, the show went on. I didn't fall off stage, and it was all right.
0: So win-win, then, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jenny, what is? Let me get this right. <laughs> fertility research project. What, what's that about? <laughs>
1: Right, okay, this is really new, but I'm dead excited. Um, I'm not going to say which university it's for because a lot of the work I do is not, it's in talking of and um, contracts and everything. Yeah, so I've been approached by um, a senior lecturer who teaches HR and I do get nervous around academics. Really? Yeah, Yeah. because I just think, God, they're so clever. And what they need to do is interpret their research on a fertility project into what you call an ethnodrama. So putting it into like a medium. So to write mini drama video clips to train people um, in that area. That's as basic as I'll put it. So I'm writing the scripts for it. So I'm going to go through the the research, um, what they found, the findings, not the research, I'm not a researcher, and basically make it kind of fun and creative and help them get a message across. And I'm so happy about that.
0: Who... Act those scenes. How, how does it work? I
1: think they're going to use um, student actors from the university. So it's you know, and, and maybe directors from there. I'm not sure yet.
0: a great project for them, was not it? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's a great project for me. I'm, I'm buzzing off it. That's what I mean. It opens so many doors that you wouldn't think existed. So yeah, yeah looking forward to that.
0: What is the CCC? You've referred to them a few times. What is that?
1: See, C- triple C. Triple C. Yeah, triple C. Are, um a. Theatre School, run by Melissa Johns and Shirley Houston, and lots and lots of others as well.
0: And um, who are they? Tell us who they are.
1: Melissa Johns um, is just so lovely. So, Melissa, she was briefly in Coronation Street, but since that, she's been in um, Life, BBC series Life. Right. And Melissa um, was born with one arm. Okay. So, the school is for artists with disabilities. Shirley Houston is more known for her long career in Coronation Street. Yeah. Um, she's a lovely lady with dark hair and she's in the wheelchair so I think she's the first actress on Coronation Street with a disability or was and that's who they are they're brilliant and they run yeah. a theatre school besides their busy careers and I've been commissioned by them to run a series of my poetry workshops we're exploring identity on this one the your own identity and how you feel and manipulate language and we're gonna have for the last one like a gig on zoom yeah um, but yeah it's just great
0: triple c is that for people with disabilities
1: yeah, yeah. artists who have a disability because there's still so many barriers in the um the industry mm. and it, it, they shouldn't be
0: you were talking before we touched on it jenny um in the pre-show chat what is voice training you've been voice training yourself yes
1: um voice training i am having yeah i'm having some voice
0: training is that like vocal lessons mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yes, because
0: to be more diet and man, <laughs> Is that? <laughs> I don't think you
1: need any more <laughs> of that. Do we? I could to to control my voice and get better because I, you know, I am fairly new at performing and I'm very hard on myself and I, I've got goals where I want to reach, and um, I just want to be able to project my voice better and control it better. Uh, so yeah, that's a bit of self work, work for me, but it yeah. also helps massively in my workshops and I'm helping other people. And when I'm speaking.
0: You've been performing <clears throat> for years, but maybe the audiences have grown. It's becoming more frequent. You're just becoming yeah. better and better.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully. Thank you. It's I've done it. Yeah, I'm getting more regular work. So I, I, my first performance ever was a right good blag. I'll tell you where it was, because yeah. they'll love them. Puccini's in Swinton. Gorgeous little Italian. When life gets back to normal, go. Um, Michael Pucci runs it, Um a typical Italian man comes over with his wine and, and pepper and he's dead nice. And I was in there with my mum one years ago and we got talking about his friend. He went, my friend's just so rich. He's got everything. I don't know what to get him. His friend was Fred Doan, better Fred. Frederick Doan. Oh, yes. Yeah. And he said, what are these poems you write? Because I took, I took a poem in to show him what I did to hang on the wall. That's me. Try to get business. Yeah. So we said, look, I'll hang that on the wall, but can you do bespoke one? I went, yeah, ever do that. Then he said, This is brilliant because it's so tailored to you can buy someone material stuff, but they've got everything. What, what you know, this is emotionally personal. Yes, can you come and perform it? Um, I looked at mum across the table. And my mum went, I went, Yeah, I do it all the of time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, Michael knows this, and his sons, I know his sons, and Fred knows it. And um, anyway, I did, and I came that night. It was just a surprise. They had a singer on, a really brilliant professional singer and then they said right we've got a surprise a poem and then i got up and I, I did this bespoke poem with family names in it and everything that was my first
0: ever yeah, i love the fact that yeah yeah do it all the time Got all the <laughs> 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 <Panic attack>. <laughs> <laughs> what am i doing <laughs> but you did it yeah i, did I think it. that's one of your special qualities is you see something you don't think of all the bullshit and the complications it's a pure thought you think i want i'm over here and i want to get over there yeah and you'll, make, you'll be quite blunt about it. You're going, I'm going that way. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. and, that's, and that's drive, that's motivation, it's inspirational, and, and you do it.
1: Yeah, well, I do. Yeah, That's and I enjoy it, because for so many years I was just so timid. And now I think, well, look, you can, and anyone can. And people get bothered by other people's success, and it does my head in. Yeah. It's not going to run out, is it?
0: No, it's, exactly. It's a joke. I say each time you raise yourself up, you should invite everybody to come and see the view. Don't yeah. lower yourself down to their level. Try and lift their frequency and exactly. energy. Bring them up. Yeah. You know? yeah. Exactly. Some people, if they're not doing great, rather than elevate themselves, trying to push other people down. I know. And it's a shame, but it does happen.
1: It does. And I, I have to say, since i have growing in the my fields that I am and getting a little bit more known in them fields, I've had a bit of that on social media. I've had it. Yeah. yeah. Block,
0: block, block. Yeah. Well, i on now, the block. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I've learned that if you're not getting that kind of attention, then you're not really making a big enough noise. When you're doing something well, mm. a small percentage, very small percentage, but you will get some of that. But just see it as a compliment and think, obviously, yeah. I'm... I'm doing something well, because otherwise these people wouldn't be giving me their negative
1: Yeah, it can attention. knock you. Well, it, it can't... Did ask... the
0: first time with me. Ooh.
1: Yeah, got on big, long, massive... I was
0: really upset the first time. I yeah. thought, how can... Why are they being like this? I just couldn't get my head around it. Now, it's happened a few times since. Yeah. Know it doesn't register, just forget about Desensitized, it. Desensitised, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Seal here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been looking at that book, Jenny, <laughs> next year, yeah. you know, that's not your book, is it? Tell us what it is. I
1: brought it to put my coffee on and you said I weren't allowed.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: no, I brought this um, because we were talking about taboo, language and forbidden words. I was bought this as a present and I just need to share it with the world. So, um, Taboo and the Censoring of Language, Forbidden Words by Keith Allen and Kate Burbridge.
0: Keith Allen, the famous Keith Allen?
1: I don't know. Okay. The author of this book. <laughs> okay. Most probably. Um and it's fantastic it goes into the history of swear words so if you know anyone that's unsure or you shouldn't swear it at least shows you where some words where they've come from and how they've evolved through history and I just find it fascinating it is fascinating if any students watch and and they're doing linguistics or anything it's a great great book to get online Amazon everywhere
0: okay I just have to say we're in no way getting paid for any of this we're just promoting these because they're relevant with what we're doing
1: for are you paying (laughs) me not yet (laughs) No, it's good to promote other artists.
0: Exactly, yeah. You'd mentioned Jen before mm-hmm. the show, we talked about it briefly. You've done some work with the homeless. Tell, tell us about that.
1: Uh, it's, it's a new project actually Um, that's taken off the ground so I can't give too much away. Um, I forgot to put that on. Yes, I'm working with a lovely woman from Homeless House in Manchester and just say watch this space with Poetry okay. in the Homeless.
0: I imagine going to the traffic lights like I normally do and I've, I've quite a few of the homeless people in Bolton I know. Yeah. You know, I, I see them regular. And they'll all be stood at the traffic lights going, uh, oh, poor Yorick, I knew him so well. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because they'll all be doing uh, well, sonnets and Shakespeare. You
1: won't be doing sonnets for mm. me. Well, people, have, I, don't, I don't write in that way.
0: But no, I'm joking. if they want yeah. to, yeah. you never know. They'll probably be going, oh, shy, oh, shy." <laughs> I don't give a shite. (laughs) No,
1: No, it's to give them advice because mean, homeless, again, people always think like the ones you described before, a lot of people are in that uh, position where they're drug users and and they have nothing else. I kind of don't blame them.
0: You are just right on with that. I told a few people on this show, if I see somebody, Mm -hmm. if I give them money, you might say, oh yeah, but you give them food. There's only so much food the can eat. And yeah. No point in giving them six butties. What they need is the money. <laughs> no. the, some of the last freedoms that they have is a choice of what to spend it yeah. on. They may well spend it on alcohol and drugs. So what? If I was in their situation, it was the middle of winter, I was homeless, I had nobody around me that cared about me, people that loved me, and I was on the streets, I'd be smoking spice and I'd be drinking. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. A lot of them have also got mental health problems oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or physical health yeah. problems. and so. You shouldn't pass judgment on these people. Uh, the ones I've spoken to are beautiful human beings. Yes, most of them have a drug problem. Most the best of them.
1: conversations were many.
0: A lot of them are ex-Arm Forces as well I that know. have come back and they can't fit back, back into society. So be, just slow down with your judgments because these yeah. are still beautiful people. They're having a difficult time. And as human beings, we all think, yeah, we're fine. We're never, no. any of us, more than a few weeks away from being on the street.
1: No, absolutely be, not.
0: Because... You could have a bereavement, a break in a relationship. You could become ill. You could have an accident, any of these things. And before you know it, unless you've got savings in the bank and a lot of savings, you can very quickly accrue debt and end up on the streets. And <clears throat> it can happen to anybody.
1: No, absolutely. And the lady that I'm working with um, has a fantastic story about that. In fact, she could be a potential guest for you, so I won't give anything away for that. Okay. Um, but yeah, just because of what I do, I'm not advocating drugs on the streets, but I'm just saying... If you've not been there and you know you're in your nice warm car watching them, you yeah. can't pass judgment at all.
0: I sat down in last time I went to Brighton or the time before actually, I had had a couple of pints because it's a few years ago. And I was walking the streets, the homeless yeah. guy went and sat with him for a few hours. And the group I was with said, Where are you? Where are you? I said, I'll see you later. I'm busy. Yeah. sat down with him. And he was an ex concert pianist, what? he played at the troubadour cafe in London he he, a top musician he was friends with Paul Simon and all this kind of thing and he'd just given up and he'd split up with his missus I think actually I think she died and he ended up on the street and this beautiful gifted talented man had just stopped caring about himself I think and just given up the will to live and, and was just on the streets and this guy was a a top musician, a very talented man. He played oh, with the orchestras, yeah. famous musicians, session musicians. It doesn't matter where you came from. I think he went to Oxford, he said as well. It doesn't wow. matter where you came from, no, what your doesn't. background is. You have a mental health problem, you can end up on the streets in a heartbeat.
1: Absolutely. And not even in a mental... Like, situations can arise and if you've, you've never come across them. You're just unaware and it's quite easy to think, yeah, but they must have done something wrong. No, not always. It's It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It is heartbreaking. So I'm really looking forward to that because everything I do with my poet performing is different, but everything I do with it in workshop wise, I try and give other people a voice. That's my aim.
0: The groups that you're generally working with are certainly some of the groups, prisoners, the homeless potentially now, um, the triple C, you're you're doing great work.
1: I've done just recently done last night, in fact, um, I finished six weeks with the Lowry. The Lowry commissioned me to run some, um, and that was free for the community, but they wanted to put wellbeing workshops on. There was loads of different facilitators, but I did my poetry in spoken word and I loved it. And I mean, I had one particular woman on, who's a scientist. She said, I've never used creative language in this way. She did a rap, got dressed up for the final (laughs) one, and she was amazing. Hmm. So it just, you know, bringing that out in people, I love it.
0: Who knew that scientists were rappers?
1: why can't they be? Of
0: course they can. Exactly. I think you're a poet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, possibly, yeah. So, finally, Jenny, we're coming towards the end of the show. What's next for Jenny Barry? And I think the saying is, if you aim for the moon and you miss, you'll land in the stars. Now, that's something like that anyway.
1: Oh, the gutter. But if you've got a cup of tea, it's all right. Yeah,
0: and then you just (laughs) look back up at the stars.
1: Yeah, and try again. Yeah. Um, So, so I would like to... um, write another book, but I'd actually like to do a one-woman show. I don't know how far away that dream is, but it's a dream with comedy and poetry in it to, um, to really kind of provoke the audience and talk about topics that are taboo.
0: I can absolutely 100% see you doing that. Definitely. A one-woman show, it'll be a mixture of comedy, serious topics mm. with poetry in there. I, absolutely. That's what I think you were born to do that.
1: Well, that's what I'm dreaming of doing and I'd love to develop further within my um, script writing, definitely.
0: La La Land, the movie. I'm assuming oh, you've I seen would. that.
1: I have. But that's reason-
0: what she does, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm in La La Land. But in yeah, it's a mate. I'm going to watch that again tonight, now you put it in my head.
0: She sets off on a journey and she, she writes and she wants this one-woman show and she keeps driving and driving and eventually she becomes a way bigger success than ryan goslin is who's the musician yeah yeah, yeah. But a beautiful film that you know and great i love um fools who dream as well some great tunes oh, in it as well
1: well have you seen hamilton
0: no oh,
1: patrick you let me down
0: what is it
1: hamilton is all in poetry and spoken word throughout but i was not bored for a second and i know i probably wouldn't be but it really was amazing and so, is it Lem Manuel? I'll have to check that.
0: Is it a film or a... Uh... It,
1: it, it, so, it's, a produ- it's um, on stage at, what do you call it? Theatre? Yes. But it's currently, because of lockdown, they've put it on um, the Disney Channel
0: Okay. for
1: free, if you've got the Disney Channel.
0: I'm sure I've heard of this. What's it about?
1: So, Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> Didn't do that justice. <laughs> Alexander <laughs> Hamilton, one of the great uh, fathers of America... Who puts it? And it's about telling his story, but the whole thing—the lyrics of who's going to tell your story, and it, it's educating, in part of integral part of American history, but using rap, spoken word, and stories. Well, in the element me,
0: I've read about it. I think I read a review about it in the Guardian or something. Yeah. Well,
1: I watched it on TV, and to watch, you know, a theatre piece on TV and just be impressed with it that much, and keep watching it again. Yeah. He's amazing, and it's the same. So the second Mary Poppins, it's him. He was the the sweep, and he wrote other lyrics for that. He's just now. A dream is to get anywhere near his level of writing.
0: Well, you just keep doing it, keep moving forward. I say, if you never give up, it's impossible to fail.
1: He'd be someone to love to meet.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you will. You just keep doing what (laughs) you're doing. I will. And doing it well, which you do, and it's effortless for you because you're a star.
1: Oh, thank you. So are you?
0: Yeah. You're like a tiger in a Power Rangers outfit.
1: Well, a tiger's my power animal, is funny it? enough. My totem. Uh, have you there got... you go. Yeah, if people don't know, you do have a power animal. You can Google the attributes of, a, of an animal that you feel a bond to, and that's what they say is your totem. Mine's always been a tiger.
0: I'll have to look into that. I'm not sure what mine is. I'm yeah. hoping it's something profound, but it was probably like a monkey, you know. But, but but look at the attributes and it means. Yeah. Well, Sadhguru always talks about the monkey mind, doesn't he? Yes. And that, yeah. It's it's repetitive, unnecessary movement and mimicking other people, and Absolutely. so these are the qualities of the mind you try to move away from yeah. when you meditate. You know.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No. Definitely.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, it's been amazing. It's been like the most zen podcast, but laugh as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. What I've said off-camera, then I say it now as well, it's it's been so easy to do this podcast with you. We've had minimal notes. We've run through it. It's just been fun.
1: Yeah, it has. Good. That's good. No editing for you.
0: Well, less editing. Less editing, yeah. Yeah. Jenny Berry, uh, I'm delighted you came on the show. It's lovely to see you again. And when we're off-camera now, we're going to chat about something else that I think you should do as well, which we'll we'll look at.
1: But before we end...
0: Oh, OK. Can I put you on the spot? Of course.
1: Can you read a poem of I'd my But bo- I would be honoured. Any poem. And it is just great, because you've not seen this. That's yes. your copy, by the way. I need to sign it.
0: Yes. Oh right. Okay. As a thank you. You do need to come sign it.
1: Just whichever you like. And it'll just be interesting for me to see how you interpret whichever one you like.
0: Butterfly Thinking by Jenny Barry. Daydreaming can get you through the day. Casually checking her own fingernails. Chomped cuticles are dismissed. Cracked knuckles exposed, narratives untold. That which present-day fake tan attempts to cover. A lifetime of nourished moments can be detected in her expression. Yet her features remain chiselled, framing the catastrophic historical mishaps and fuck-ups of her existence. She's still beautiful. Her yellow-tinged eyes and sig stained teeth Yell a thousand stories silently. Her boldest feature is her smile, and it's flaunted. This bitch is banged up, but her thoughts are her own. Therefore, she's free.
1: Thank you. It's funny you picked that one, because it is all about the mind and being free. You must have just been drawn to it.
0: Yeah, well, I flicked through then. I could have... There was two or three that I was drawn to. Right. You know.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's just to hear... That was about someone I met in a female prison, actually, inspired from. And it was good to hear a male voice read it.
0: Yeah. I wish I'd had practised. I could have done it better. But... Yeah, but
1: I put you on the spot. Yeah. You did amazing.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well. Thank you. Folks, this is Jenny's new book, The Great Escape, by the wonderful Jenny Barry, And I've got a copy now. I'm very lucky. Yay. But you can get it on Amazon.
1: Yes. Thank yeah. you so much.
0: Just recap for everybody before we close. If somebody wants to buy your book.
1: Um, so it's on Amazon and my, probably better, Instagram at JennyBerryPoet or Twitter at J Berry Poetry.
0: Okay. And your website address?
1: www.JennyBerry.co.uk
0: <laughs> You can't forget that one, can <laughs>
1: you? Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Okay, folks. Thanks for watching. This has been show number 68. Five. I'm going to leave you with a quote from my book From Pills to Peace and this is one of my quotes and it's The music you hear inside is your dharma dance to it Your inner voice, your true nature your self, express yourself be yourself, don't try and be anybody else and sing it from the rooftops Wayne Dyer used to say don't die with your music still in you express yourself, take a leaf from Jenny Berry's book and write a poem, sing a song dance, whatever you need to do Feel good. You can catch this video podcast every Monday and every Thursday on YouTube. Three days later, it then goes live as an audio podcast on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, Google, and about 10 other platforms. You can buy the book, From Pills to Peace, on Amazon, and you can get it in Kindle format or paperback and in loads of other places. You can also get the audio book on Audible, ACX, and iTunes. You can catch me on Twitter, instagram facebook and linkedin you can go to the website midnight you can catch me every monday night on salford city radio with the mind body and spirit show and that's midnight till midnight 11 p.m till midnight i hope you've enjoyed the show and i'll see you next time shalom